0: Listener production. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you're coming to me live from inside a closet. I'm back in the closet. <laughs> it's been a while. Take it away. <laughs> Take it away, my dulcet-toned Adonis.
1: Hello, listeners. Welcome back for another episode of Just the Gist, a weekly-ish podcast in which Rosie Waterland and I, Jacob Stanley, give you just the gist of what you need to know about a story we think you'll find fascinating enough to share. At a dinner party. And yes, I am recording this <laughs> in the quietest place that I could find in my apartment in Port <sighs> Douglas, which is the closet. The, so you being tucked back in away a closet,
0: you. you being back in a closet is about as likely as you not having a tan. You know what I mean? It's just like the weirdest.
1: <laughs> I was born this way, baby. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no I deny. love it. I'm proud of um, both. Oh my God. Oh, my, I just, oh, my, I spoke too soon. I jinxed it. You I really jinxed did. It. Yeah, you Everyone did Everyone's saying on us I all. jinxed it. Mm. Oh, okay, let's just get to breaking news because I jinxed it and the narcissist in me thinks <laughs> I <laughs> jinxed it and personally caused this lockdown. Okay. Breaking news, breaking news. I got the scoop x ray, X ray, read all about it. A breaking nose. Dooddle, dooddle, dooddle. It's coming down the wire. Oh. I forgot that last bit the last mm. um, couple weeks. Oh my God. <laughs> Lockdown in SA, <laughs> in <laughs> Queensland. What did um. I do? What did I do? <sighs> So yeah. last episode, you and I were being so gracious. We were like, oh my God, hashtag love to everyone in Melbourne and Sydney. That must be tough. I mean, we're so lucky to be in safe places. Thoughts we're and so. Prayers. Thoughts and mm. prayers. Thoughts and prayers. And then what was it? A day later? To, yeah. That we, mm-hmm. it just, it all, it, it broke free. It's everywhere. Yep. Adelaide's in lockdown. Hit. You're in lockdown. I'm
1: not in lockdown yet. But
0: you're in yeah, I'm up in far north
1: Queensland.
0: Yeah, but you're too far
1: up. Yeah, so we're away from that. However, the same day that SA started its little outburst, Mm. someone flew into Cairns who had tested (gasps) positively. So she was very close to where (laughs) I was. And the irony is, you know, you and I were talking about how sceptical we are when it comes to supernatural (laughs) things and magic and energies and past lives. And then all of a sudden you prove that you've got the power to cause outbreaks and
0: lockdowns. I'm more powerful Just by speaking words. ...than I even understand. It was (laughs) the power of the troll doll Mm. coming through my microphone. And I can't... Okay, and do you want to know, though? And maybe this is a sign that because... Most people took our ribbing of mysticism and and all that stuff with a humorous grain of salt. But some Mm. people did get quite cranky at me for being such a skeptic and being (laughs) so cynical. Mm. And I will say maybe you guys are right. Maybe this is like the spiritual universe throwing it back in my face for being so rude. Because do you want to know what happened? Caleb and I... Had mm. already signed a lease for our place in Melbourne, right? Mm. But it all—he hap- got the job down there quite quickly. It all happened really quickly. So we found this place, signed this lease, and I literally did everything I. Organized to have our electricity, our gas, our internet disconnected here. I organized mm. to have it all connected there. I found a mover who, you know, was going to do it for a good price, was going to get it there the exact day we needed to get there. Mm. I literally organized everything. Everything's packed, everything's done. I was like, okay, so we were literally <laughs> going to get into the car on Monday and leave and drive down to Melbourne with Boo, and everything mm. was perfectly timed. And it, I, I think it was the second I like ticked confirm on swapping the last thing over to the new place in <laughs> Melbourne, the news was like, beep, 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 beep lock coming. Oh. Oh. And at first I was like, oh, okay, hopefully we'll still be able to move but then – Adelaide got a few more cases. Victoria has declared us a red zone and Uh, they won't let us in. So uh, then I had to get back on the phone and try and explain, you know how I just disconnected my everything? uh, I changed my mind. (laughs) It's been a disaster. They say that moving is like one of the most stressful things you can do. But I would counter that moving and then the move being postponed because Mm -hmm. you're in lockdown is a little bit extra stressful. It's a little bit extra stressful. (laughs) So anyway, people who think that um, I'm a thuggish skeptic, I got mine. (laughs) The the universe got me back.
1: And now she believes in karma. There we go. When when it
0: personally affects me, (laughs) I believe. (laughs) That's like those people who like always say that, they believe in God, they believe in God, they believe in God. And then one bad thing happens to them and they're like, I'm an atheist. (laughs) If God wasn't there for me in that one moment, then he cannot be true. (laughs) Meanwhile, thousands of children are dying of AIDS in Africa every day. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, so that's me today. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I now believe in the spiritual world because it has affected me personally and negatively.
1: (laughs) That's narcissism for you, folks.
0: isn't it just?
1: yeah, so the move is postponed indefinitely.
0: not indefinitely. I mean, Adelaide seems to have a pretty good hold on we didn't on the cases like new cases. we um only had like one or something today. Um, we're hoping that we'll only be considered a red zone for a while we're in lockdown, which will hopefully only be a week. Mm. so hopefully the move is only postponed a week.
1: okay but we've got to wait and see.
0: Yeah. Our mover is still allowed to move our stuff because mo- like moving is still allowed to happen, mm. but it's like, well, there's no point taking our stuff because we won't be there. Mm. And while we're here, we need stuff here. Yeah. So it's all just a bit of a schmozzle right now, bit of a schmoz.
1: And there's not a lot of trust for removalists in the air. At the I know, well. but that's
0: like, I feel bad for because I was saying to Caleb, like, there must be so many moves happening hundreds and hundreds of moves across the com- uh, country happening every day and there were two incidents where something went dodgy like it's mm. it's not all it's not everyone and also yeah. like blame the effing government for not having everyone vaccinated and it wouldn't be a problem
1: yeah you're right everyone focus your attention on that like that's not on where individuals the blame needs to be placed yes yeah not on mm.
0: individuals i think like I don't. Know. It's just a shamoz <laughs> So Isn't spoke it? too soon. Yeah. Spoke too soon. We're all yeah. in this together now. Who's the only safe? Oh, I guess Tasmania and um, Western Australia. Paradise's.
1: Am I missing something here? Is part of Queensland now in lockdown?
0: I thought Brisbane was.
1: I have no idea.
0: I really do <laughs> <laughs> Even in the wilderness, but I haven't. Maybe I should know.
1: Uh-oh. Maybe, are, you, I mean,
0: are you Brisbane? No, I think they've had some cases. I don't know what's going on.
1: Yeah. Well, this is the thing. You're closer to Brisbane than I am. That's how far away I am.
0: Are you really? Is yeah. that how high so up you are? So far north. Yeah. Whoa, that's crazy. Mm. I don't understand the, um, like, what do you call it? Dimensions of this country.
1: Yeah, the scope is enormous. It's, it's enormous, isn't it? mind-blowing, yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah, crazy, crazy. Mm-hmm. So, okay, that's lockdown news. Everything sucks. I just, we were smug with our thoughts and prayers. <laughs> <laughs> damn it. Just everyone get vaccinated if you can. And I know the government has effed it and it's unfair that a lot of people who want to be vaccinated by now can't because there's no appointments and whatever. My sister did tell me to tell you guys that um, they always have a lot of AstraZeneca appointments available and, you know, it's frustrating watching them go to waste. So, you know, you just have to talk to your GP or AGP about if you are willing to get it, which I think I would have got it. Like, I don't care. But, um, yeah, there's – you just – it's – but the thing is I was reading people argue on Twitter last night. Like, you know, why there's so many free AstraZeneca appointments and, you know, people aren't taking advantage of the fact they can get vaccinated. And it's like, sure, maybe, but also the communication of this thing has been so bungled. Like, nobody knows where to go to get it. Nobody knows who to call. They say talk to your GP, but who – our age has a regular GP. I haven't mm. had a regular GP my whole life. I've yeah. gone to places that bulk bill because I haven't had money and I just go to a medical center and go to whoever. Like mm. it's so it's, it's, and you know, people have talked about going online and not being able to find an appointment or if you can't get your second appointment, it won't let you book your first appointment and then you call somewhere and you don't, like it's confusing. It's just been the like logistics and the communication of the whole thing has been completely bungled. Yes.
1: Yes. It really has. And we're all paying the price.
0: We are. We really are. Like, Mm. I feel it it shouldn't be that you feel lucky that you have a chronic health condition that leaves you eligible <laughs> to right. get the vaccine. Like, uh, yeah. cause I, when I logged on to get mine, it was really, it was quite simple. You know, I talked to my doctor about it here and she was like, yep, you're eligible. So I went online, I filled out the thing and it says like, do you have this underlying thing? Yes, and then it's like, okay, you have to get Pfizer, and you can get it here, and you can get it here, and then I did it, and I just went and got it. Like, it, and it's like, oh, geez, I'm so lucky that, mm. <laughs> that I've got a lifelong illness that lets me get the vaccine. That Thank shouldn't that be pesky how it works.
1: My yeah, right. It,
0: that shouldn't be how it works. Mm-mm. It just should be better than this. How has the U.S. given it to like 200 million people, and we've barely <laughs> given it to anyone?
1: I know, right? The you know the most ironically named country, the United States, that couldn't be less united, and yet somehow then been able to pull together and get the majority mm. of their population vaccinated. Hats off to them for that.
0: I know. Anyway, so that's just that breaking news. Oh, l- mm. listen to us get political, politics, <laughs> etc., <cetera. laughs> government. Incompetence, um, Q&A, hashtag (laughs) AusPoll. It's just what I see on Twitter. I don't know. (laughs) All right. Speaking of (laughs) just rampant incompetence and hilarity, Mm. Jeff Bezos went into space in a dick rocket. (laughs) (laughs) What's up? Okay, let me just provide some context. For those of you who don't know, all the billionaires in the world have decided let's not put our surplus money towards homelessness or hunger or eradicating disease. Let's put our surplus money into flying ourselves into space. Yeah. So I think it was last week or the week before Richard Branson was the first guy to do a commercial Mm. space flight Mm. where it's basically like space tourism. You fly up in a rocket and you don't even really go into proper space. You literally go into the like very first point outside the atmosphere where they're like, yep, that's included in space. You're in space. You did it. You're in space. <laughs> you're and in the so, ozone
1: layer. <laughs> right. But
0: yeah. Like you're just out of the earth. And then I think you're apparently it's zero gravity. Um, mm-hmm. So it's th- at that level. And they were there for less than 10 minutes and then they came back. That's literally it. So Richard Branson did that. Jeff Bezos did it a few days ago, and Elon Musk is also about to do it soon. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, you know, that they're they're like, you know, don't get angry at us. It's really important to explore, like, where would we be if we hadn't landed on the moon? And it's like, but you're not doing this for noble reasons about expanding Mm -hmm. the possibilities of Earth. You're doing this because, and everybody knows, A, They're saying it's to make lots of money off space tourism, but like how much Mm -hmm. money can you really make when only multi, multi, multi-millionaires can afford it? But Mm -hmm. B, it's because everybody knows that space real estate is now becoming a thing and they all Mm -hmm. want to get on top of it. Where you can put satellites, Mm -hmm. what part of that part of space you own, whose satellites can go where. It's all about expanding territory to make money. Mm Mm-hmm
1: colonialism all over it is
0: Mm. it is into space Mm -hmm. and it's like no wonder they don't give a shit about helping this planet because they know they're taking like they're leaving Mm. i just i can't even so then jeff bezos last week or a few days ago did it it was him his brother some old millionaire lady and this young 18 year old whose parents bought him a like million dollar ticket for, Mm. for like his graduation or something and the the rocket is shaped like a Yeah. Not even in a subtle way. Like to the point where people were like, did he do that on purpose? Yeah.
1: It has to be intentional. It has to be intentional. There's no way that that slipped through and no one went, oh wow, that looks an awful lot like a vibrator I saw recently online.
0: Like if that is not the utmost most supreme example of a man compensating for something. Mm. I don't know what is like, how did he not see that? How, 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 unless he wanted people to see, look at my giant space dick. (laughs) Like that is, that is what he wanted. Right. Right.
1: Probably, yeah. I mean, most buildings and monuments are phallic and there's certainly some level of intention behind that. The thing that i would love the most to see coming out of this is all the memes comparing him to Dr. Evil because they're yes. both <laughs> shiny-headed bald men and they both have these genitalia-shaped <laughs> <Shaped> space
0: <spaceships.
1: laughs> And if you haven't seen the memes, go and find them because they will make you smile.
0: But then there's also... So the other memes that kind of make you angry, like for example, Amazon. It, look, I'm not super on top of these issues, but I know the basics of it. That he runs that company essentially like as close as he can to a sweatshop. Yeah. Those workers get paid below minimum wage. His workers get paid so little that they have to rely on food stamps. Mm. They're barely allowed to take bathroom breaks. He won't let them unionize. Like. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there are stories of Amazon workers peeing in bottles because if they stop and lose time, they'll get fired. And like if you run a, if you have become a billionaire because you run a company that pays so poorly, your workers rely on food stamps to survive, mm-hmm. how can you then build a dick rocket and fly into space and not feel like a bigger dick than the rocket you're flying in?
1: Yeah, I know. And then the most audacious thing for him to then thank publicly yes. every Amazon worker and every Amazon customer because his words they paid for this. Yeah, you experience. helped pay for
0: this. Yeah,
1: and they, the workers in particular, paid for it with their blood, their sweat, their tears, yes. their hard labor, and the wages that they sacrificed.
0: Yeah, the rights
1: that they sacrificed were But they there.
0: continue to. But, like, they don't have any other choice because it's either accept this shitty job or have no job. What do you do?
1: Yep. Oh, Um, my goodness. I will – I cannot remember exactly what the show was, but I will find the link and we'll post it in the show notes here because it's a really fascinating listen. It's a conversation with someone who has worked on and off in an Amazon warehouse over the course of several years. And the sorts of, because they're all hired through an agency and that third party agency is able to just mm. hire and fire people willy nilly. If you ever miss a shift, even for the reason that your partner is going into labour and you have to be with them to um, mm. while they give birth, your employment is terminated immediately. Like oh they goodness. have a zero tolerance policy. No one's allowed to ever skip a shift Mm. for any reason whatsoever. And that's just like scraping the surface of how horrendous the conditions are there. And, you know, it's sort of gone unchecked for a long time. I'm actually really hoping the fact that he's done this disgusting display is going to be what wakes people up and makes them decide that they're going to boycott the company. I'm cancelling Mm. my Amazon Prime subscription because...
0: But there's so many good shows on there. I know there are so many good
1: shows on there.
0: (laughs) Are
1: really, really, really good shows, but I'm just not happy continuing to give my yes. money to him. And you know what is also really sickening? There's an Instagram account that I'd recommend you guys follow. Firstly, if you love drag queens and if you love comedy and also if you like getting political insights, which is something that I've sort of started mm. to get more and more interested in. Official Lady Bunny. Lady Bunny is RuPaul's best friend in the world. Uh, yeah, they grew yeah, up yeah. doing drag together. And Lady Bunny's got into posting a lot of political stuff. More recently, and she posted that there were more minutes dedicated to Jeff Bezos going to space on TV yesterday than there were minutes to, dedicated to discussing climate change across all of 2020 <laughs> last year. Like, <laughs> it's he got so mm. much attention for doing this thing, which was you know just such a monument to his own ego yeah, and his it own really was. disgusting wealth, and yet it was celebrated.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's so wrong. And then this is like a few weeks after it came out that his yacht is so big it needs its own support yacht. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It needs its own support yacht with it to like cater to and service the big yacht. Like what is this amount of money? It's disgusting.
1: It should be illegal. It's not right. Right.
0: They do things to distract us, like, oh my God, you and I are getting so political right now. They do things to distract us, to make us think that the world can change through the individual. It's like Mm. all those memes that went around the other week when that drilling disaster happened in the middle of the ocean and the Mm. ocean was literally on fire Mm -hmm. and this billion-dollar mining company did this and it's like, oh, yeah, so uh, we'll keep um, not using those plastic straws to save the environment, (laughs) right, and you guys just keep doing what you want. Mm. We'll fix climate change Mm. by drinking Mm. through paper straws. Mm. Like they they make us feel like, oh, the tiny little things you do are really really important. Meanwhile, Mm -hmm. they do whatever they want.
1: Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. It's disgusting.
0: I know.
1: You know, half of the US is on fire or experiencing a heat wave right now. China and parts of Europe are being flooded out because of unprecedented rain levels. And yet everyone's excited about the fact that a trillionaire went to space. Another (laughs) one? Like, it's not even as if he was the first one.
0: No, no. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, God Richard say- Branson
0: won. Richard Branson won that d- dick swinging contest. Well, speaking of, okay, and this is, oh, I, I don't know if this is true. I, okay, so this is my next bit of breaking news that I had to tell you. It's just really bizarre. Is it about a dick? No, 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 no. Oh. It's not dick or poo related. <laughs> not, oh. We're free of that this week. But this is about weather. Okay, so Dubai... One of the hottest, driest places in the world often mm-hmm. has temperatures above, around or above 50 degrees for days at a time. And, you know, the, one of the places with the least amount of rainfall in the world have come up with this thing where, cause they do actually get quite a lot of cloud cover. Mm-hmm. So they've come up with this thing where they've sent drones up into the clouds that electrocute the clouds in a way that like does something to the, ions in the clouds and forces mm. the clouds to start raining. Uh-huh. And so they've, like, figured out a way to, like, get – and there's been, like, monsoonal rain in Dubai for, like, the last week because they manipulated the clouds to rain.
1: Was that a malfunction or they wanted that? They wanted the No, they
0: wanted rain. that. They're trying right, to force okay. rainfall. They're uh-huh. trying to force – because they don't get enough rain.
1: Wow. Wow, Is
0: it true? I don't know. It seems like a prank to me. Did I I read fake news?
1: Possibly. However, I remember back whenever it was that Beijing had their Olympics, they had some sort of special rockets that they were going to fire at any rain clouds that were coming anywhere near the Olympic Stadium that might ruin the events, particularly the opening ceremony. And that was like this massive breakthrough. And there were lots of sceptics saying it won't work, but maybe they've been refining it and perfecting it ever since then.
0: I mean, I mean, I read this. It, it seemed legit. And they were like, yeah, they've been developing this thing for a while. These drones go in and it's something to do with the ions. And they basically electric... Because, you know, there are thunderstorms and rain because of electricity and clouds. And mm. so they basically electrocute... They fly a drone up into the cloud, electrocute mm. the cloud, and it starts raining. Like, That's we wild. get really bad droughts here. Like, why don't we do that?
1: Uh, ah, yeah.
0: Science people. <sighs> Feels explain like... To us.
1: Could be risky playing God, et cetera, et cetera. But um
0: I don't know. Who knows? Uh, who mm. knows? Mm. We are really just the original biosphere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that episode so much.
0: And I mean that was all my breaking news except to say like the Olympics are on and no one cares. Feels weird.
1: I I mean, I never care, so it doesn't feel so weird for me. No,
0: but I mean, it's, it's usually, I can't tell if it's because of lockdown or whatever. It's not that I usually really care either, but I feel like I can feel the world caring around me. Mm. And also yesterday, it got announced that Brisbane got the Olympics for 2032. And it was like, oh. <laughs> like, remember when Sydney, it was announced Sydney got the Olympics. It was like a countrywide party I was like six Mm. years old I remember it it was huge like people were like it was like two in the morning or something and everyone was awake and I remember everyone on the street was cheering and yesterday it was like oh yeah, yeah Brisbane I guess
1: Okay, two reasons for that, I would say. Number one, Sydney, they didn't know for sure that they were going to get it. It was an actual competition, whereas from what I've heard with Brisbane, we were like the only horse in the race. Oh,
0: really? Oh, I didn't know that.
1: And so it was sort of like, well, yeah, it's ours to lose. So it was kind of a given. And also, I really do think a lot of people right now, all they're thinking about is how long is this lockdown going to last. They are not thinking about anything happening beyond next year, let alone next decade. Yeah, that's true. Excitement will probably build as the time draws closer,
0: suppose,
1: provided we're all still here to witness it because mm. we've got a pandemic <laughs> and a rapidly changing climate that could stand in between us and the 2032 Brisbane Olympic Games.
0: Okay. I just feel like I want to put in a little disclaimer here that Jacob and I are two of the most least informed people on the planet. Please listen to everything we just said with a grain of salt, because we have absolutely no idea what we're talking about. We have a lot of feelings about things of which we know quite little. (laughs) (laughs) So, But I think the general consensus is billionaires wasting money on egotistical things is bad.
1: Disgusting.
0: The government has bungled this vaccine rollout. hmm And um, uh, I guess Olympics will be more exciting closer to the time.
1: <laughs> We're all losing hope and our optimism is fading. <laughs> Cynicism is taking over.
0: And that was Breaking News. I <laughs> can't believe
1: n- No poo after no three poop. weeks in a row of poop talk.
0: I told you I don't go looking for it, but when I come across it, I include it in the headlines and there has been nothing this week, so... Oh. There you go.
1: Can I just add one thing to the Jeff Bezos thing? This tickled me. Last week, a study came out that proved that, you know, howler monkeys, they're the loudest animals on earth. Yes. They make this awful shrieking noise. And they've proven a direct correlation. The louder the male howler monkey is, the smaller its genitals are. <laughs> conclusive proof across thousands and thousands of specimens, the loudest howler monkeys have the tiniest bits and bobs. It's such a beautiful metaphor, is it not?
0: Oh, I'm not, I'm not in the least bit surprised. I'm not in the least <laughs> bit surprised. And look, that massive dick rocket was very loud. So.
1: <laughs> You're telling us so much about yourself, Mr. Bezos.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, Mr. Bezos. Okay. All right. So I thought this week I would do a story with a little bit of hope and optimism in it. Ooh. Sort of. It has some. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's also just a really cool story. I feel like we've done some detail oriented. Oriented, oriented, mm-hmm. detail oriented uh, episodes the last few weeks. I thought, let's just tell a really cool story about a really cool um, thing. So mm-hmm. in 1987, mm. there was a news event that brought the entire world together. Uh People did not stop watching their TVs for days. The First Lady of the United States even postponed surgery until she knew the outcome of what was going on. Uh I am giving you just the gist of baby Jessica, the little girl who fell down the well. Oh! Do you know about this?
1: (laughs) No, I feel like it's a TV cliche that I didn't realise was rooted in reality.
0: Well, the Simpsons episode where Bart pretends to fall down a well is based yeah. on this, uh-huh. which has that brilliant. I think it was probably one of the first times a TV show ever satirised a big charity number that uh, five hundred celebrities are a part of. Do you remember we're sending our love down the well? Oh, cause yeah, we're yeah, yeah. sending our love down the well. <laughs> and Krusty's like down the well. <laughs> old school Simpsons is the best
1: it's yeah iconic and the only Simpsons as far as I'm concerned everything from 2000 onwards does Mm, not count not great it's a really old cliche right like Lassie was doing Timmy's Fallen Down the Well episodes way back in the 40s or 50s right
0: well yeah I mean I suppose it probably did happen a lot considering people used to have access to water by having 20 foot deep holes in their backyard. Mm -hmm. I'd say a lot of kids fell down a lot of wells, but this one happened in 1987 when we had 24 hour news coverage. So this is probably the first one that the whole world was invested in together at the same time.
1: Okay. Give us the gist. Okay.
0: It's 1987. It's Mm -hmm. a little town called Midland in Texas. Mm -hmm. Baby Jessica McClure And I so wanted her dad to be called Troy, but he's not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Troy McClure. You may recognize... Wait, what? do you know any of his famous ones? You would know.
1: I'm Troy McClure. You may remember me from such cautionary videos as Alice's Adventures Through the Windshield.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Unfortunately, her dad is not called Troy. It's a... Baby Jessica McClure is 18 months old and she's actually almost the same age as me. She was born in March 86 and I was born in May 86. Mm -hmm. Her parents are practically babies themselves. Her mum, Sissy, is 17 and her dad, Chip, Chip, is 18. (laughs) They're high school sweethearts. Mm -hmm. Sissy's sister runs a family daycare and, you know, that's where you have little kids come to your house to look after them and mm-hmm. Sissy helps out at that daycare. So Jessica often spends the day there while her mom and her auntie look after all these kids. Mm-hmm. One day, October 14 to be exact, the kids are playing in the backyard and Sissy is watching them but she runs inside really quickly when she hears the phone ring. And, I mean, it's not really a big deal for a couple of reasons like first of all everybody has to answer the phone every parent like it's just it just happens mm-hmm. and also it's a house in a packed neighborhood so it's like house after house after house after house and they all have backyards where you can just see into all of each other's backyards so mm-hmm. it doesn't feel they're not in the wilderness or anything she's not just like running inside and leaving them on the road like they're mm-hmm. in an enclosed backyard Mm -hmm. So she runs inside to answer the phone. She hasn't even been gone 30 seconds when she hears all the kids screaming. So she runs out and they tell her that Jessica has fallen down the pipe. And at first she's confused because there is an old pipe sticking out of the ground in the backyard. Mm -hmm. But they just never even considered it to be an issue because it is literally 20 centimetres in diameter. Oh, wow. Like, so that's, yeah, that's less than a ruler. Yeah. 20 that- centimetres in diameter. So they just never even considered it a safety issue because what fits down there? Nothing. But the kids are screaming, saying, no, she fell down the pipe. She fell down the pipe. And Sissy's like, what? That's impossible. She goes over, looks down. It's all black in there. They don't even know how deep it is or really what mm. it is because it's just it was there when they moved in. Mm. But then she hears faint cries coming <gasps> from down inside the pipe. She panics, runs inside, calls the police. They get in there within minutes. She's hysterical, saying, save my baby, save my baby, save my baby. So, this town, Midland, was part of the massive, like, Texas mining boom in the 70s. Uh Uh-huh. And, like, that boom by this point had crashed. So, now the town is kind of poor and filled with unemployment, but it means there are a lot of people and companies still left in Midland that have special equipment for, like, getting down in deep holes. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> like my vibrator, what? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> um, there's, there's a lot of people who were worked in the mining boom for a long time. So, their expertise at digging stuff and, and all that uh-huh. kind of thing. So, the police call in some people who have a special thermal imaging camera. Uh-huh. Um, kind of like how the predator sees things in Predator, just like yeah. heat. Mm-hmm. And they lower that down and they can see the outline of a tiny little person. Uh And so then they lower down a microphone and um, it takes a while, but soon they start to hear faint little whimpers through the microphone. So they know that Jessica is down there. They Uh know that she's alive. And from the distance they lowered the microphone, they know that she is seven meters or 20 feet underground. So Uh the pipe she fell down actually like mining people came and told them the pipe she fell down actually is like an old well.
1: Okay, so from she's like, in water. It's not like a septic tank or something.
0: No, 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 there's no water. It's just an old, it was once an old well and okay. now it is just this long well hole in the connected ground, like tunnel nothing. in the ground, connected to nothing. Right. Just basically a shaft seven metres down into the ground. That used to be there to collect water and now it's just a, a hole. Abandoned
1: and left uncovered for some reason.
0: Well, but, I mean, to be fair, they it was this tiny pipe that they just they didn't know what it was. It didn't look like anything could fit in it. It it was there when they moved in. You know, I don't blame them for just, you know, whatever. It's just a weird thing in the backyard, yeah. It. And remind me how old was Jessica at this point? 18 months old.
1: Okay, so still so, kind of squishy bones. Yeah, and still very a squishy small.
0: little bub. Like so I was trying to put this into context in my mind like my sister's twins are they turned 2 in April. Mm. So this was them you know towards the end of last year like what October of 2020 this was them like
1: still quite malleable.
0: Yeah, walking. And Walking, mm. um, but still a little bub. Yeah, little bub. able
1: to fit in small spaces like a octopus or a cat.
0: Mm. Exactly. So local news had been hovering over the story since the police first went out there, and like you know, if the little girl had died, it would have just been like, uh, whatever. What a new, what a new story. But when they realized that little Jessica was alive, mm. it became an exciting fricking news story. And it didn't take long for it to spread nationally because CNN was um, a 24 hour news channel that was still pretty new. And it mainly just did boring new stuff that no one really cared about, but they sent cameras in to the house in Midland. And this was the first thing that CNN covered live around the clock. So this was Mm -hmm. like before they, you know, the OJ Bronco chase, before Mm -hmm. any of that stuff, this was the first time that the U S was really gripped to a news story as it was happening, all watching together. Uh Uh And there had been a girl, so you asked before about other kids, there had been a girl in the 1940s who fell down a well and was stuck down there for three days. Uh And that was a big story. There was some news cameras like very limited television it was like mainly a big radio story everyone was listening in they were trying they wanted to know what was going on when they found her she had died so and that was quite a famous story um, of that girl so there was this risk like that history that this has happened before and the little kid didn't survive but even without that history it's just an 18 month old girl stuck in a well and we are watching live as it's happening as people try to save her Mm. like it's kind of for us like the Thai cave rescue from a couple years ago
1: oh yeah yeah
0: when all those boys got stuck in the cave Mm. and they thought they were dead but then they went and found them in this air pocket and how long did it take them to get them out it took like a week I think before they figured out a way to get each of those boys out of that cave.
1: Which was not Elon Musk's way. This is as much as I remember. He was the arrogant one who thought that he could come up with the elegant design that was going to get everyone out safely and accused everyone who disagreed with him as being a pedophile.
0: Yes, he did. And this (laughs) people say, why do you hate Elon Musk so much? And I'm like, well, that was when I first started hating him. He came in and said, I've got this billionaire thing I've designed and one of the men who, you know, does this thing for a living said to him, "Thank you so much for, you know, trying to help, but that that's probably not really practical for this purpose. We're not going to use that." And then he went on Twitter and I think because his ego was so bruised and called this guy a pe- he goes, "He's probably a pedophile." Mm-hmm. And it was like, "Oh my god, what is wrong with you?" <laughs> this guy's just yeah. Anyway, so yeah, He's it's a mess, it's,
1: and what he designed probably looked like a dick. Let's face it.
0: It did. It did. Oh my god, it did. It was. It kind of was. Um, <laughs> it was shaped like a pretty sleek dildo, and he was like, put them inside this, and then pull them along. And it was like, no, because there's like corners and rocks, and it won't fit anyway.
1: God, so predictable. <gasps> uh.
0: So yeah, people are watching this live, and they're hooked. And so there's cameras there in this tiny backyard, pretty much from the start. And as time goes, more cameras turn up and they fill every backyard around. Mm-hmm. There's like people standing on ladders trying to get, cause, and they're all just surrounding this hole. It's mayhem. Mm-hmm. So after figuring out how deep baby Jessica was, they decide to like get a diggy thing, like a, I guess an earth mover. And so their plan is to dig a hole next to the well, so Mm. dig a tunnel down that runs parallel to the well and Mm -hmm. then when they get to the level where Jessica is, dig across, Mm -hmm. grab her, pull her across and then go back up the tunnel they dug. Yeah. Exactly. One of the first policemen on the scene, Andy Glasscock, who definitely didn't get bullied in school, was given the job of lying on his stomach next to the pipe opening and he would yell down to baby Jessica and then he would listen for her responses into the microphone they had hanging down there. So his job was trying, you know, to try and help her feel safe, to try and keep her awake, um, just keep her alert. He said sometimes she would call out for her mama and he would do things like say, what sound does a kitty make? And then he'd hear a little... Meow. Oh. Like he's trying to, talk to her. Oh. <laughs> they decide not to send any food or water down because they don't know if she has internal injuries. They do pump oxygen down there though. Mm-hmm. So they start digging this tunnel next to the well. And they get about a meter down and they just hit solid rock. Solid mm. rock. They can't go any further the earth mover diggy thing they've got. It's just not gonna do anything. And so this is where things get A little bit like the plot of the movie Armageddon where like they have to send like, you know, salt of the earth drilling guys into space because they're the only Mm. ones who know how to drill through rock. (laughs) So they have to get in like expert drilling people to come here and try and figure out how to get down to baby Jessica mm-hmm. and because this town had been part of the mining drilling boom, there's a lot of guys who now work regular jobs but 10 years ago were expert drillers. Mm-hmm. So they get in the best of the best and they start to drill and by this time it's nighttime. it's been hours and hours, it's loud, baby Jessica's scared mm-hmm. and Andy says at one point all of a sudden through the microphone he hears her singing Winnie the Pooh, oh. Winnie the Pooh. Pooh, little baby. That I just would imagine, haunt me. Oh, I imagine any one of my nieces or nephews, and I can't, I can't, I can't, uh, oh, I can't. Mm, mm. Like being down there and being so scared. And oh, yeah. okay, so 24 hours later. The country is invested. The world is invested, actually. An entire town, the world's press, rescuers are all surrounding this tiny hole and, you know, this attempted digging hole next to it and all anybody is talking about is baby Jessica. Mm -hmm. The drill they have isn't strong enough, so then they have to get in this stronger drill. They get in um, a drill with diamond-tipped drill ends because you know how they say diamond is the strongest thing mm-hmm. to cut through things. That's
1: why they're their girl's best friend.
0: Exactly. Even with those, they only get about a few centimeters an hour before the drill bit completely wears down and they need to get another one. So this is going slowly, mm-hmm. but finally, eventually they manage to drill And dig as deep as where baby Jessica is. So they have dug a tunnel next to the well Mm -hmm. down to the level she is at. Mm -hmm. They then start digging the tiniest little tunnel across to where she is. They're hoping to come in underneath her because if they come in right next to her, they'll crush Mm -hmm. her, blast her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they they dig across, hoping to come in right underneath where she is. And this is now where they have to figure out who to send down there to get her Um, it's incredibly dangerous it could all cave in also the tunnel they've built across is tiny because they just did not have the rock was too hard they just didn't have the capacity it's a tiny tiny tunnel going across they have a circus contortionist from texas comes in and offers to go down because he can like fit Ah. they also have a policeman a local policeman who has this condition where he was born without a collarbone so he can like fold his arms and stuff really weird ways Mm. so they're trying to decide but then they they're like whoever gets there gets to her first will need medical training because they'll need Mm. to assess whether she can be moved what she needs what to do And so they decide it needs to be someone trained. So they decide on this guy called Robert O'Donnell. Mm. He works for the local fire department. He's really tall and really skinny and he's a Mm -hmm. trained paramedic. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't really want to do it because he's super claustrophobic, Mm. but he's like, yes, I'll do it. Of course I'll do it. Uh (laughs) So they lower him down the tunnel they've made and he gets down to the bit where he has to shuffle across in the tiny tunnel they've built across to her side. Mm -hmm. He has to shuffle on his stomach and he says it's so tight. He is literally surrounded like every – he's closed in, shuffling a centimetre at a time because it's so tight. He said it was like trying to shuffle his way through a tight sleeping Uh, bag. uh, I know. uh, And you know uh you're seven metres down. It could collapse at any time like – I, I'm not super claustrophobic, but I I do. Okay, so when I was in high school, we went on a camp and we went um, caving in the Janolan Caves in mm-hmm. the Blue Mountains. Mm. And that is where you kind of go, you have a light on your helmet head and you like do have to shuffle through pretty small spaces. But it's very touristy. The Janolan Caves, the main caving parts, very touristy. Like probably the smallest hole you fit through is like, I don't know, the size of a tunnel in a kid's playground or something but it is quite scary because it's mm. pitch black and it's all rock and I remember there were a couple of kids who started freaking out and hyperventilating and they had to take mm. them out of the mm. cave yeah would I you would have been
1: one of those kids I would yeah. have been one of those kids and right now I have to open the door to this closet because oh no you're <laughs> in a closet oh
0: no I uh. forgot <laughs> oh yeah
1: yeah it's the fear of not being able to turn around That's what gets me.
0: Yeah, and you can't, you can't. That was the moments in the cave that uh, the kids freaked out, Mm. where it was such a small space, you had to go through on your stomach and once you were started, you couldn't stop. Uh, You had to go through, yeah. Mm. And that's him, I guess, here.
1: Wow! Look, hats off to him. That's a really, really effing brave thing to do. Ooh, and it's brave of me to close this door again now to try. To
0: <laughs> You're so brave this. going back in the closet. <laughs> 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 Courage! Watch me go. <sighs> okay. okay, so ooh. so he shuffles his way across. He says it's like going through a tight sleeping bag. He gets over into just Je- baby Jessica's. Well, mm. he looks up and he sees her and he says, hey, Juicy, I'm here to help you because his, her parents told him that was her nickname. Oh. Hey, Juicy, I'm here to help you. Oh. She is, get this, she is, and she's been down there for, it's been over two days, it's been 48 hours, like over 48 hours. Oh. She is wedged above him, one leg dangling down, uh. And her other leg is wedged going upwards, so that her foot is stuck between her face and the side of the well. So she's <gasps> stuck. She's stuck uh. in a total split. Oh, uh. yeah. Uh. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. He reaches up to grab her little ankle that's dangling and goes to pull it. Uh. She immediately says no and like kind of
1: recoils her leg out of yeah. the way.
0: Recoils and and he realizes that she's too stuck and he's like oh no like this isn't going to work i have to leave her here and go back up oh. and he he said he was just like heartbroken devastated oh. to have to leave oh. her there but oh. he knew like i need to go up and get something or we need to figure out cuz it's too tight right now yeah so he says to he says that he says juicy i'm coming back i promise i'm coming back <gasps> So, then he has to shuffle backwards out of the, through the horizontal tunnel over to his side. They pull him up. He explains to them that it's really tight. And apparently, he is so distraught, so devastated that he had to leave her down there that, um, Team members at the time don't want to send him back down. Doctors are mm-hmm. like, he's too upset. He's too, mm-hmm. um, like, it's it might be actually dangerous to send him back down. But yeah. he insisted. He's like, no, I told her I was coming back. I have to mm-hmm. go back. I have to go back. Mm-hmm. And so in the end he goes, uh, they try to uh, widen the tunnel just the tiniest bit with sending some drill thing down. But then basically they send him down again with a bunch of like Vaseline and KY jelly. And he goes down, goes across, gets back into her well and just greases her up a lot until he pulls her and she slips out. Oh. <gasps> she slips down. He looks at her and he um, – Assesses that she's safe enough to be moved. Mm. So he calls up to the people and they lower down a little, um, you know, the little back brace board that they rescue people on, like the little carrier carrier Mm. thingy. So he shuffles through that tiny horizontal tunnel, pulling her along after him, gets over to the fresh tunnel they've dug, straps her to the little carrier, holds it, And they get pulled up together. And the world is at an absolute freaking standstill. It has been 56 hours. Wow. And every single TV channel in the world, every radio station, everything is focused on this whole, they know he's down there. They don't know what's happening. They don't know if she's going to come up. They don't know how she's going to be if she comes up. Nancy Reagan, Ronald Reagan's wife, is in hospital with breast cancer, refuses (sighs) to go in for a procedure until she sees what happens. (laughs) Then all of us, although she says, I mean, she was a total... F and Eric, and she probably just said that later. Yeah, but she was
1: trying to humanise yeah. herself in that moment <laughs> yeah. and she's, you know, capitalising on an opportunity to do just I, that.
0: I think when it comes to Nancy Reagan, that's probably exactly what happened. But anyway, um, that's, a, that's another show. If baby Jessica
1: <laughs> had not been a white baby, then Nancy Reagan <laughs> the, oh, probably yeah. would have cared a lot less.
0: A lot less. Political. Um, we're political. Then all of a sudden, Robert O'Donnell... Holding tiny little baby Jessica Hmm. rises up out of the ground, and the crowd (sighs) goes crazy. Absolutely. The world goes crazy. It is actually a really beautiful moment. It's on YouTube. It's about a a minute-long clip um, of everyone waiting and there's just – it's nighttime, there's cameras everywhere and everyone's just, like, silent. Like, you feel like the entire Mm. planet is tense holding its breath Mm. and then he comes up and you see her and you see her little arm move and everyone just erupts. Wow. Cheering, Midland the town starts ringing all the church bells across the town, mm-hmm. like everyone is just so happy. Yeah. Her parents embrace her and then run after her as she's rushed over to an ambulance. They take her to the hospital where doctors later say the first thing she ate very happily was an orange popsicle (laughs) and they have to put her in a hyperbaric chamber, which is like absolute total clean oxygen Mm. for a while because that staves off um, gangrene where she'd lost circulation The chamber does help, but she does end up needing um, her little toe amputated on the foot that had been wedged up next to her head. She also has a scar on her forehead and stays in hospital for a few weeks and ends up having to have about five or six surgeries. But other than that, mm-hmm. she is pretty much okay and she's a phenomenon like baby jessica is Mm. like the world's baby she becomes Mm. the most famous kid in the world the hospital gets sent so many toys that they have to set aside an entire room to fill it with all the stuff that gets sent to her (laughs) somebody sent her a Sharpe puppy so she gets a those things are expensive she gets a little puppy Oh. A little sharp hair. The little ones that look like hairy rats.
1: Or uncircumcised penises.
0: Yes. There is an outpouring of love for her. They meet the president who – her and her parents meet the president who says we are all her godfathers and godmothers now. They go on Regis (sighs) and Kathy Lee, which is like the big morning show of the day. Mm. People donate money to pay all her medical bills, which – Like, you know, because it's the US, if you were here, your medical bills would just be free, (laughs) whatever. Um, They also just donate money to the family. And so the family um, buy like a nice a nicer house on a, like in a nicer neighborhood. Mm. Robert O'Donnell goes on Oprah and a bunch of other news shows. He's basically considered like if she's America's baby, he's America's fireman. Like he's America's rescuer. He is mm. America's hero. Mm-hmm. And then everything just ends happily ever after and it's lovely. Wow. No, that's not true. It oh. Really
1: bad. <laughs> oh, I had so many questions about how happy their lives became. Well, uh, so
0: here's the thing.
1: Okay, so now we're getting so, the brutal truth of what happened next.
0: I will tell you straight up that Jessica does go on to have a beautiful life. Okay, good. good. Okay. But look, with all viral fame, things started to turn, which... We understand a lot more now, but back then it was very new. Like it was a shock the way these things come and go very quickly. So first it was people in the town who started turning on the McClure family, saying that fame had gone to their heads and they were spending all of Jessica's money. Like there were rumours that her parents would go around town saying things like, don't you know who we are and mm-hmm. demanding to get let into restaurants and, you know, and mm-hmm. stuff like that, which is all just kind of the kind of stuff that happens tall poppy syndrome when Mm -hmm. tall poppy syndrome is involved, I guess. And like, there was also just a lot of rumors that all the money that had been donated to Jessica, they were just spending it all. And Jessica wasn't getting anything. And they really weren't like they bought a house because Mm -hmm. they were a young couple who, were renting and barely getting by. So, yeah, they bought a cute little modest house Mm. and they put the rest into a trust fund that Jessica couldn't touch until she was 25. So, that's Mm -hmm. it. Mm. They also stopped talking to the press after a while because they just wanted Jessica to feel normal. They didn't want her to get this idea that she was special or famous because this horrible thing had happened in her life. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of the toys and the presents they got, they gave to all the children of the volunteers who had helped get her out Uh but you know that's I think that's the way fame goes once you've got a little bit people think they sort of own a piece of you which means they have a right to speculate about you or tell you what they think of you because it's like well you're famous so you're common property now like that's just – that's how the game works. Um, so it was very difficult for them. They got a, a, a lot of negativity from people in the town and in 1990, just a couple years after this happened, the McClures get divorced. There was also a lot of infighting amongst the rescuers and the volunteers because movie offers were pouring in and nobody could agree on who owned the rights to the story or who should get money if they do sell the story or who should make <laughs> the movie, and so the volunteers kind of split into these two groups and are fighting with each other and never really get along again because mm. all of this pot- Hollywood potential kind of tears them apart. A TV movie was made actually mm. in the end. It was released in 1989, mm. and it was called Everybody's Baby: The Rescue of <laughs> Jessica McClure, and it stars Patty Duke and Bo Bridges as her parents. This. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't find it to watch it, but you can watch the trailer on YouTube and it looks A plus, gold class TV movie okay. potential. Yeah. show
1: notes please, we need that.
0: The saddest part of all of this is probably Robert O'Donnell, the man who went down and pulled her out. Mm-hmm. So he apparently got really caught up in the post-rescue fame of the whole ordeal. Like I said, he was on Oprah. He was America's hero. He did the TV show circuit. He kind of started just going to the opening of an envelope. Like Mm. his boss at the fire station said, you know, there was a difference between like a lot of people. So, you know, in the months after it happened, you'd get into work in the morning and each firefighter would have like 20 messages from reporters requesting interviews or phone Mm -hmm. calls. Everyone else would just chuck it and he'd sit there on the phone calling every one of them. He, um, you know, was trying to get a book deal. He was trying to parlay Mm -hmm. his newfound celebrity into some kind of bigger career and really Uh thought that you know his life had changed and things were going to be different for him now Mm -hmm. but as with all viral fame and as with actually most regular fame it started to fade quite Mm -hmm. quickly and you know I've worked you know at at a um, website like a news and entertainment website like I worked at Mamma Mia and I'll tell you like it's once your story's not getting clicks anymore it's over like if you do something that's written up today and you feel famous and amazing, I can guarantee you that tomorrow we will have a story just as big as yours and we forgot you're even there because mm. that's how quickly the news cycle goes. Yeah. yeah so yeah. to you, it's this big momentous event in your life that something's happened to you that's getting written up everywhere and, you know, the project wants you on and Sunrise wants you on and mm. every website wants to interview you and and next week it'll be someone else. Yeah.
1: Yeah, just like how- that is fleeting. No matter how much trauma you went through, no matter how big yeah. the story was, something else has to come along to keep you interested. Yep.
0: Always. Um, and I think, you know, we have a more sophisticated understanding of that now, even though I still think we d- we don't really fully understand it now. I mean, look at every single influencer who is shocked that they're not famous anymore the year after their season of The Bachelor is like is over. Like mm. The Bachelor premiered last night, and there's a whole new bunch of contestants, and it's like the ones who were on it last year. Who are they? You know what I mean? Yeah, that'd be hard for them to adjust to. I think, mm-hmm. but yeah, he really struggled with that. I think because at the time it was very new, his kind of viral fame was hadn't really happened before. And so he had no reason to assume or understand that it would disappear. Mm-hmm. And um, he really struggled with that. And they say that in hindsight, it's because he was suffering with PTSD from what was yeah. an incredibly traumatic experience Absolutely, yeah. and the fame and the attention and the touring and all of that stuff was keeping him busy which mm. was ultimately just putting off the inevitable emotional crash that he was going to have uh-huh. so when everything quietened down that's when the PTSD suddenly hit him uh-huh He had nothing to distract him anymore um, because nobody was really interested in talking to him about it anymore. Um, He struggled with painkiller addiction. He lost his job. He moved home with his parents. And his mum said it was the Oklahoma City bombing that finally seemed to trigger something significant in him Mm -hmm. because quite famously there was a daycare center in that building. So a lot of children Uh died and a lot of children needed to be rescued. And he was watching the rescuers on the news with his mom and he was watching them pull these children from the rubble. Mm -hmm. And he said to his mother, those people are going to need a lot of help for a really long time. Uh And that's, she said when she realized that there was more going on than what she Had thought. And
1: that was 1990.
0: Yeah, I think so. It was a few years later. Uh Yeah. And not long after saying that to his mother, he took his own life.
1: Oh, no.
0: He left a note saying no help from nobody but family, which is so often the case when it comes to mental health. People are all talk. People mm. are always like, you know, thank you for that brilliant thing you did. Thank you for the heroic thing you did. Thank you for surviving what you did. Please, hashtag Are You Okay Day, blah blah blah. But when you actually need help, it's like there's no money, there's no funding, there's no one to help you. Uh, what can you do? Like he felt like there was no one to help him. Mm. Yeah. So. Oh, that's, that's tragic. It is really tragic. Um, there's some amazing articles. Um, you know, sort of longer form, our favourite word, investigative investigative articles <laughs> um, written back then um, after he um, died, uh-huh. um, kind of looking into what was then a very new phenomenon. Like, mm. huh, we put him on this pedestal for a few months and then we were like, we don't care about you anymore. I wonder if that affects people's mental health. Mm. So there, there is quite a few articles from the time about like with people exploring that sort of very new concept, Mm -hmm. which is sadly all too common now. But to not end this on a, very sad, tragic note. Just
1: before you get to the positive, because we definitely want to end on the positive, yeah. I think it's so much worse these days, though, because of a phenomenon that you've explained to me several times, the milkshake duck effect. Oh, where yeah. <laughs> if that happened today, he would have had his moment of fame and moment of glory and then people would go digging for, for dirt, dirt on him. from yeah, his yeah, past yeah. and start publishing that. And so then he would have been ended up becoming a pariah for yeah, some totally. because of some indiscretion in his past, right?
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, for those of you who don't know, milkshake duck is a term that someone developed for when, you know, people go viral now a dime a dozen. It happens probably I'd say mm-hmm. once a week there's this really big viral story about someone who's done something funny or amazing. I'd say the last week it has been TikTok guy who has been revealing Sydney's and uh, New South Wales' COVID numbers before Gladys does every morning at the presser and he's been really funny Mm -hmm. he's this guy on tiktok who does these really funny videos and Mm -hmm. they don't know how he he's clearly someone was leaking the numbers to him early Mm -hmm. and he was just like sort of taking the piss and everyone Mm -hmm. loved the videos my sister loved them because he's from southwest sydney so there's Mm -hmm. a real kind of fairfield bankstown flavor to them Mm -hmm. and then um people went back through his old content and found that a lot of it is really awful and sexist and misogynistic and incredibly racist. So then it took about a week for him to reach this pinnacle where he was on the project, on all these TV shows, being really funny. And then people were like, and you've been milkshake ducked Ah. Um, because, so milkshake duck is that phenomenon. It's where someone goes really viral and we love them and then something from their past tears them down and it's Mm. called milkshake duck because somebody to make fun of this phenomenon there was once a really funny meme going around of a duck drinking a milkshake (laughs) And then, and ever it was just a funny thing that everyone got obsessed with for a day, and then somebody tweeted, "Hey, guess what? Turns out milkshake Duck was racist <laughs> <laughs> and so and then it was like, yeah, so now whenever you discover something awful about the latest viral sensation, you say they've been milkshake, milkshake duck mm-hmm. and I you know, I think it's often a good thing, like for example, this guy's past videos were really awful, oh, and when it came it, out, stomach. I was like, yeah, "Yeah, you deserve it, but it also does happen in other ways like people like it's just, as soon as somebody, like I said, as soon as somebody reaches even the most minor level of specialness and attention and fame, mm. people will try to tear them down. And that often happens these days by milkshake. Yeah, ducking. So
1: it's not just a matter of fading out of relevance. It's a yeah. matter of, you know, people will find a way to drag you yes. out of the public sphere or shine so. a light on the worst aspects of yourself in your past. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Or take the, Take the fame that you have, the fleeting fame that is currently positive, and try to turn it negative.
1: Yeah, turn it to infamy. In- yeah.
0: Yeah. It's just, oh, what a mm. mess.
1: Onto the optimism.
0: Onto the optimism. Baby Jessica is doing great. Like I said, she's basically my age, so she'd be. 35 now she got married young she has two kids she works as a special ed teacher's aide. when she turned 25 and got her trust there was just over a million dollars in it she said a lot of it though got wiped out in the um stock market crash of 2008, unfortunately. Uh, but there was enough for her to buy a nice little house that she lives in with her husband and her kids less than two kilometres from where she once fell down that well. And it, is, it did get covered, by the way. Uh-huh. Covered with a metal thing that all the volunteers wrote on it to Jessica with love from all of us. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, you know, Jessica got interviewed um, a couple of years ago when it was like the 20-year anniversary of, Mm. or 30 year anniversary of when it happened. Mm -hmm. And she just said that, you know, even today, she doesn't remember a single part of it, has zero memory of any of it, Mm. but she does live every day knowing that her life is a miracle. Wow. Is she Mm. claustrophobic? Look, I can't say I got a chance to ask her, <laughs> but <laughs> I didn't read anything. I can't imagine. So, I mean, she says she doesn't remember it, although it would definitely be etched in her brain.
1: Surely.
0: You would yeah. Think. Oh, wow. I actually didn't see that commented on anywhere. Mm. I have
1: to say a really small part of me was hoping so deeply that you were going to tell me that Juicy McClure went on to launch Juicy Couture <laughs> in the early 2000s with the million dream. dollars that she got from her trust. <laughs> oh, what a dream. Um, that would have just been so poetic and perfect and oh, I wouldn't I really have known how would've... you managed to leave that until the very end of the story. Um, anyway, maybe that happened in a parallel universe. Um, I can't yeah. believe they sent him into that hole without lube in the first place.
0: I know. It seems like such a, um, sort of.
1: 101 crude, basic. Simpl- no,
0: but to me, I'm like, it seems almost too crude and simplistic. Like, it's just like, oh no, really? We're just going to cover her in lube and slip her out. Like I, <laughs> it just seems. I don't, if you're it's going into a like, tight
1: space, bring lube.
0: says the gay man in the closet. (laughs) 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 Uh, They teach these
1: things in school, no?
0: Uh, Well, I suppose. Yeah, I guess.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just can't believe he had to exit and then return down.
0: I know. Poor little Juicy waiting for him. Just the most heartbreaking detail to me is Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> poo. that makes yeah. me want to cry every time I think of it. Oh. And when he's like, "What sound does a kitty make?" <laughs> meow, meow. Mm. Oh, I just imagine my nieces and nephews. Did, like the twins are not much older than her. Mm. I can't, oh my goodness, how awful! Wow. Anyway, we give you just the gist. If you want more. I read a couple of really amazing articles, um, one from 1995 in the Los Angeles Times by Jesse Katz. I'll put it in the show notes and one um, that goes a lot more into all this kind of how the media affects us and stuff that Mm. we talked about also from 1995 um called death on the cnn curve by lisa belkin that was from new york Mm. times magazine i'll put that in the show notes i also it's that it's one of those things where there's just a thousand documentaries about it on youtube so i watched Mm. a bunch of stuff um i also really recommend watching the footage of her coming out of the ground Uh and i'll also put in a bunch of links of um a bunch of the interviews with her, particularly one she did with people magazine and one she did with time magazine Uh back in 2017, which was the anniversary. Uh Yeah.
1: Cool. Well,
0: baby Jessica,
1: that was excellent. Thank you very much. Oh my
0: gosh. Thanks. And
1: fully unaware of that.
0: Do you think we should, um, end this show by doing a harmonizing duet of sending our love down the Well"? (laughs) <laughs> okay what
1: a fab idea take it i'll away. take
0: i'll take the top you take the bottom okay ready <laughs> bye everyone and oh follow us places <laughs> uh, oh, you started singing Ah! <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, at just the gist podcast at yes. rosie waterland at jacob at william jacob stanley, Williams stanley just the gist podcast at gmail.com all of that stuff all of that
0: Okay, all right, ready? I'll (coughs) stop. I'll (coughs) stop. Cause we're sending Sending our love love down down the well. Sending our love love down down the well. Sending, we're sending (laughs) our love down the well. Sending (laughs) our love down the well.
1: I don't know where you've got the idea that people enjoy hearing us sing on this thing.
0: (laughs) Oh, I don't think they enjoy it. I enjoy doing it. It's not
1: for them. It's for you.
0: It's for me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Listener.